Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. And I can tell you something now, I have learned so much in the past two years, 18 months to two years. Uh, It's been a very big personal journey for myself, a lot of change, a lot of challenge, a lot of discouragement and a lot of blessing as well along the way. And now being in this position and looking back, I thank the Lord that he's taken me what he has because I'm not the person I am today if I hadn't have walked through what I've walked through and I give him all the glory for that. So if you've got your Bibles, I've done the Vicki Simpson. She's told us that we don't retain as much information if we read off a metal screen or a, or a phone. So I've gone back to old school, people. I got convicted on that because I'm the biggest person of distraction. I will get on there and read the Bible for 30 seconds and a Facebook post will come up. I think, oh, who's that? And I'll flick over. And, and what I intended to do ended up being a whole lot of rubbish on social media and I think, well, I didn't benefit from that. So I can't delve into Facebook when I'm actually in the Word of God. So that's pretty cool. So I want to read out of Exodus 14 today. Uh, An incredible journey of Moses leading the people. Uh, Number one out of a captivity, if you read the previous scriptures, God released them out of captivity of Pharaoh's, out of the Egyptians' captivity and, and he leads the people, leads Israel through what seemed an incredibly impossible situation. And just reading through the chapter again and again, there's been a lot of the same sort of journey for myself uh, that God has taught me and, and, I, and I've captured along the way. And so I just pray today that as we open our hearts and our ears that maybe the Lord would speak to you as well and that we'd be encouraged together. So I'm going to flick there, Israel, uh, uh, Exodus 14. Let me flick there. Cool. So I'm going to just read the whole chapter. We'll just kind of skim through it. It says, Then the Lord says to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi Harithoth, uh, between Migdol and the sea. So basically, what happens, they've just come out of captivity, right? Um, years of captivity, and and God says to them, He's giving them a little bit of advice. You need to do this. M- Moses, you've got to go and tell the people, do this, okay? So he's listening. So I'm going to go down to verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh of his officials changed their minds about them and they said, what have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. And he took 600 of the best chariots. Now, 600 chariots, okay? Just get that in your head for a moment. Along with all the other chariots of Egypt. I mean, how many chariots did Egypt have? Come on. Obviously a lot, Um, with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. I love it. Now get this. They were marching boldly at this stage, okay? They had purpose. They were out of captivity. They had a bit of boldness on them. They were like, the Lord has, has rescued us. There's boldness on them. So they're walking and they're marching. And the Egyptians, all the pharaohs, horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea. Uh, let's go down. So let's go down to verse 12. Uh, didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us, oh, sorry, no, we will read from 10. Sorry about that, Maddie. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. 
They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Now, we just read previously, they got some purpose on them. They're marching boldly. They're thinking, God's just delivered us. We've seen the promise come. We're in a good place. And they turn to Moses. All of a sudden, they see this army bearing down. They turn to Moses and they begin to whinge and whine. How many of you ever whinged and whined to God? I can tell you what, I have become the queen of it in the last couple of years. He doesn't really listen. He's not really interested in my whinging or my whining. But he turned, they turn to Moses and they're like, what have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? Are you kidding me? They've just gone from a place of breakthrough, of out of captivity, and they've gone straight back. Their default has gone straight back to, we would have been better as slaves. Take us back to that place. What went on in that moment of, of walking out and seeing the promise of God to back into that, oh, we would have been better in, back in that land, in that place. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you, uh, will bring you through today. The Egyptians you will see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You will need only to be still. I want to read, flick over to verse 21. And then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. And the waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water to their right and to their left. In verse 29, but the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray, help us to receive it today the way that you want us to, in Jesus' name. Amen. So things weren't looking so good for the Israelites that day, or so they thought. All of a sudden, they could see the army, 600 plus chariots, all the soldiers, all the men bearing down on them. Now, I don't know for a minute if that were you or I, but I can tell you if it were me and I was standing there and all I could see behind me was this giant sea behind me and this army bearing down and a whole bunch of people unarmed with, 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 a, with, with a, an elderly gentleman leading the way with a staff, I would be a little bit scared. God, come on. What are you doing? They'd finally been let out of years of captivity. And then, bam, they were backed up against the Red Sea. And they could not, they could, all they could see was this army of Pharaoh bearing down on them. They were trapped. So we read in Scripture, they cried out. In the face of fear, they failed to reflect on God's prior faithfulness. Fear can come at us. At any point, at any time, in any situation. And for me, it came with a very big season of my life changing. And for a moment, I began to question even the call of God on my life. God, how have I ended up here? I feel trapped. I don't feel like I have an option or a choice anymore. I feel like I have to take things into my own hands because I can't see a way out and you're not helping me get out of this and so I'm just going to take things in my own hands. 
Now, are you hearing me this morning? Come on, we're all human. And I'm sure that it's sometimes in life we've gone through that, I think I can do it a bit better. Well, nothing's happening, so I'm just going to take things into control and, and do it myself. And that happened for me finishing Bible college. I was on fire for God, and I was going to see the world changed. And this was about 12 years ago, 13 years ago now. And, and I came out of Bible college. I was like, right, who wants me? And, uh, and prior to this, I'd left the church at Hinterland up in Karoi and gone to Bible college for two years to outwork my um, degree. And, and uh, my pastor would constantly ring me and, and say, because there were prophecy over me very young as a child growing up in the church that you would come and you would, you know, be a blessing to the young people. And I'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like youth. I didn't like young people. And I was like, Lord, I will serve you in every area of my life, but do not call me to youth ministry. It's the one thing I just won't do. Don't ever say no to God, as we know. And so, you know, took things in my own hands and thought, well, nothing's happening in the ministry life except for back in Croy, but I'm not going back there. So I'm going to go to, uh, to TAFE and study sport and rec and uh, sport and recreation. So I went and signed up to do that. And, and, I, and I praise God because, you know, he heads with us on our detours. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And sometimes we choose the detour in life. It's actually not his plan for our life. It's not his call for our life. It's not his road for our life. We choose it, but he never leaves us. And in the midst of me still choosing my own detour, I met Luke and uh, we fell passionately in love. And here we are today, <laughs> 10 years on. <laughs> Sorry, that was a love laugh. I don't know how that came out. <laughs> um, you know, God's got a plan in all of it. And, you know, in this season that I've been on, 12 years ago, what I studied, I'm now using in the workforce. But at that stage, I didn't go to, to learn it all, to, to outwork it. I was employed by the church for 10 years as a youth pastor up at Croy, and, and uh, that was my whole world, and it was what I knew, and it was what I really sowed my life into, and it, and it was almost the identity for me and who I was. But in this season of change and this season of transition, God's used what I had studied 12 years ago with just a few refresher courses to get me back in the workforce and working with people, which I love. So he is so faithful. I don't know why I went down that track, but it's because I felt trapped. And at that moment when we feel trapped, sometimes our biggest default is to go to fear and forget what God has done. And for me, I had forgotten so much of the blessing of God that he had outworked in my life prior to this season. So much. They had witnessed the mighty hand of God deliver them from slavery. It was a promise they were given. They'd seen God deliver his promise out of slavery and bondage. And this should have been the key in keeping the Israelites, you know, to, to default to that place of God just brought us out of that. If he is for us, then who could be against us? If we're backed up right now and this army's on us, it's all good because God's in control. But they didn't go to that place. They responded with fear and whinging and whining. They're turning to Moses, poor Moses. And he's copying it. And these people are, what are we going to do? We're going to die. I want to go back to, you know, uh, Egypt. And it's better to be a slave. The poor people, look at their headspace. Unbelievable. And I want to ask a question this morning. Perhaps you're facing a seemingly impossible situation at the moment. Might even be one area of your life, something that God's put his finger on, he's asked you to give up. But you just think that's absolutely impossible. Maybe it's something God's challenging you to do, but you just think in your own strength, you cannot physically do that. A seemingly impossible situation that looks hopeless through the human eye, that you just can't see any way out of. I don't have an answer, God. I cannot see any way out of this. Perhaps you're not facing it right now, but let me tell you, 
Christian brother and sister, that this life will bring challenge along the way. And we will face challenges and situations in life where humanly it seems impossible. Not all the time, but there'll be seasons and there'll be challenge. I want to encourage you this morning as I share some keys around this scripture. If you're taking notes, I've kind of called my message crossing over. And the first key that I really had to learn for myself was I had to stand firm on God's character. I had to stand firm on who God was. Not on who I was, not on what I'd been called to do, not even the call of God on my life, but who God was. Because I'd failed to forget who he was in the midst of all this turmoil going on in my life. God's character never changes. God's character never changes. Who he is, his very nature, what he is made up of never changes. Praise God, because everything else in this world changes. God never changes, but how many of you know life does? Life changes, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Sometimes with us involved and sometimes with our hands right off or without any choice in the situation, without any, any say in the matter. Life can change. Malachi 3.6 tells us that I, the Lord, do not change. Psalm 102, verse 25 to 27 says, Of old you have laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will change them. But they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. I want to serve somebody like that. I want to be so ingrained in the, in the character of God that my default every time a challenge comes my way is to go back to the character of God, of who he is and what he's promised over my life. I think we need that in this day and age, friend, because there's too much stuff vying for our attention. There's too many challenges coming our way. There's so much social media in everybody's face pushing and, and shoving and our young people are growing up with the most deformed, demented uh, media and social and, and, and schooling, I mean, it's just incredible to see what the, our young people are faced with in this day and age. And we need to be warriors. We need to be prayer warriors. We need to be word warriors. We need to be the character of God warriors for the generations that are rising up and for our own lives as well. A few aspects of the character of God. Let me just touch on it quickly. Numbers 14, 18 tells us that God is slow to anger Come on, slow to anger. I've got children now and I know that slow to anger is a challenge. You know, and I wake up every morning with this new mercy and his mercies are in you every morning. I'm going to be so gracious to my children today. I'm just going to love on them and, you know, they're going to annoy me, but I'm just going to be. And two minutes into the morning, Macy's in the bedroom. She's climbing all over me and I want ABC for kids. And I'm like, ah! God is slow to anger and rich in an unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. Let me say that again. He forgives every kind of sin and rebellion. Every kind of sin and rebellion. He is faithful. He is righteous and just. He's merciful. He's long-suffering and gracious. Psalm 11:7. He is good. He redeems. He restores. He heals. He provides. He cares. God is stronger than evil, Matthew 13, 14 to 43 tells us. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. Knowing. He's all-knowing. 
I sounded like a real Aussie then, didn't I? He's all knowing, you know? And, you know, when I was reading through some of the characters of God, I thought, Michelle, this should really change the way you are responding to a lot of what you're walking through. You see, if we really understand the character of God, if we are understanding who he is, that God will never change, that none of these aspects of God, none of his character traits will ever change, that his promises for us will never change, then that should be what propels us forward and sustains us through every challenge we walk through with grace, with humility. The Israelites ought to have known God's favour. And yet, sadly, even the concrete signs of God, because God says, I'm going to go before you and I'm going to give you signs. You'll know where to go. You'll be led. Don't worry. And so Moses goes and tells the people, God's gone before us and we're going to see signs. It'll all be good. You know, let's just trust him. They still responded in that moment of fear and, and, and trepidation and how are we going to get out of this with that negativity. They'd witnessed great miracles of God and yet in a moment they'd lost their trust in God. God never changes but life does. So we've got to be ready to adapt to unforeseen circumstances. Can I tell you, be ready to adapt to unforeseen circumstances. This morning, if I threw it out there, what happens if all of a sudden you were bankrupt and your home had to go and all you had left was the clothes on your back? Are you ready to adopt the unforeseen circumstances knowing who God is? That's a challenge to me. That's a big challenge to me because worldly stuff is in our life constantly. It's what we rely on a lot of the time. It's there. It's what we activate with daily. And yet, I believe so much that if the devil can distract us from knowing God more, from loving God more, from spending time with God more, that this worldly stuff will overtake. It's his, I mean, he, he only has three job descriptions, to kill, to rob, to, sorry, to steal, to kill and destroy. That's all he knows how to do. And he's the master art of distraction. And I had gotten so caught up in trying to make the next season of my life happen that I decided I was going to pursue a, a job down at a church in Brisbane, uh, a youth and young adult role, and thought, right, this is God. It's God's all over it. And, uh, and it was a very interesting journey because I took the job and started commuting from Pomona to Brisbane for this role and uh, Luke would still be working here and the girls were going back and forth into daycare and, and uh, I was trying to force and push what God didn't want to have happen. And I remember driving home about six weeks after I'd begun the role and God spoke to me so clearly. And he says, in this season, I want you to draw near to me and draw near to your family. Because for years, I hadn't left them on the sideline, but I was very involved in what I did. And having babies and Luke would be at home and he would be sort of with the kids. And then I'd be back out at youth and back in church and doing, doing, doing a lot of the time. And, uh, you know, I had incredible people in my life speak to me too that your family is your most important. Family how your girls are growing up, what they're seeing. And it spoke to me a lot and I thought, you know, I just got to let go and let God. 
I've just got to let go and let God. It doesn't make sense. I don't even know what I'm going to do when I come back. And I don't know. What am I going to do next, God? I don't. And that's when I began to go through that default again of questioning. Where are you, God, in this? I don't understand this. At the same time, my brother had just been put into jail for... Um, has had a, a terrible drug addiction over the last 12 years and uh, had actually finally all caught up with him and he'd been put into jail. And I just kind of learned of this as well and I just thought, my life is in this turmoil. I don't understand. How's this happening? It doesn't even seem like my brother. You interest, Like, what is going on, God? God just kept encouraging me to go back to him. I had to stand firm. 14, 13, Moses says, he answers the people, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see. Stand firm and you will see. Second thing, in 13 and 14, as we read, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Stand still. Stand firm on God's promise. But you know what God told me? Stand still. You are constantly moving. You're getting up your two-year-old because she's constantly moving, but she's getting it off you because you constantly move. Stand still and keep the faith. Stand still and keep the faith. I love how Moses responds to the people because we need to remember Moses wasn't God. He was just God's messenger. He was still a man with his own fear, and his own challenges going on, and he was standing there with his staff probably thinking, oh, Lord, you better show up very soon because I'm freaking out just as much as what all these other people. Have you ever, he was just a man. He wouldn't be standing there going, I'm all right. I got this all. It's all sorted. Come on. But he was an incredible leader because he didn't default to his own fear, probably in the natural. He defaulted to what God had already promised and what God had taken them through already. And he defaulted to that. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. Wait. Let's see what God will do. That spoke to me so much. God told me to stand firm. They were hostile and in despair. They were desperate. They needed an answer on the spot. We are trapped. What are we going to do? And what an incredible leader Moses was as he turns to them. And, and, and being surrounded by negativity and probably with his own issues going on at that very moment, he turns to them and says, just be still. Let's just see. I love that. And in doing so, he encouraged the people to keep the faith. And to watch what God was going to do. Moses kept the positive attitude. You know, a bad attitude robs us of so much. So much. And, and God can't change our attitude, only we can. That's a choice that we make. And there was so much that I had to lay out. Because guess what? Life is not fair sometimes. And things that I went through, it just was not fair. And I was like, but it's not fair. And, and I, I, for weeks, it's not fair. And I just felt you know, in a moment, okay, now get over it. Yeah, it wasn't fair. But what are you going to do? Stay in that place if it's not fair? No one cares. No one's not going to get, are you hearing me this morning? It was such a challenge for me. Such a challenge. And injustice happens to, you know, bad stuff happens to good people. Hello, bad stuff happens to good people. 
bad stuff happens to good Christian people. And yet God, through all of this, teaches us so much and still promises so much. And his character toward us never changes. I love that Moses says, stand still. Stand where you are. When we're faced with fear, when we're faced with impossibility, often our default is to run. Right, what are we, well, I don't know what to do, so who am I going to call? I, I need to dump on somebody or I need to, uh, you, know, you, you know, what am I going to do? And so, I, and that was me. I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? And I call this person and that person. And, and then all of a sudden I had hundreds of voices telling me what to do. It didn't help an ounce. In fact, it made me way more confused, way more confused. I was like, Lord, are you even in the midst of all these voices talking to me now? Because I, I, he wasn't, okay, let's just, he wasn't. Moses says, stand still. You know, whining and whinging won't ever get us anywhere. It doesn't ever better the situation. Sometimes it's really good to offload. I'm not saying hide, your, hide how you're feeling. I think it's really important that we're honest before God. And we go to God and, and with how we feel. And I mean, you read through the Psalms, the psalmist would pour it out. But how did the psalmist always end? With praise. But you are God. You are faithful. You are for me. You are with me every step of the way. And as I read through Scripture, I thought, I'm missing that element. I was whinging and whining and planning, telling God how I was feeling, but I wasn't finishing saying, but you're faithful and you're for me and you're with me. Those positive confessions change a negative heart and a negative attitude like that. The Word of God changes so much so quickly, and I thank God for that because I could not have stayed in that place for long. It was eating me alive, and those who knew me well could see that I wasn't me. I was not me. Things were changing. The smile was dwindling. We can get so busy running around looking to help better our situation ourselves when we should be going to God first. It's where our faith is found. Let's go to God first. As a drought continued for what seemed an eternity, the small community of farmers were in a dilemma as to what to do. Rain was important to their crops, to healthy and sustain the town's way of life. The problem became more acute and the, the local pastor called an entire town to pray. Many people arrived, some carrying Bibles, crosses, prayer beads, and other symbols of religion. The pastor greeted most of them as they filled in, and he walked to the front of the church to officially begin the meeting. And he, but, but, but he noticed something, and people were all chatting across the aisles and socializing with friends. And, and he reached out uh, to the front, sorry, and when he reached the front, his thoughts were on quietening the attendees and starting the meeting, but his eyes scanned the crowd for just a moment. And he noticed a young girl sitting quietly in the front row and it caught his attention. Her face was beaming with excitement. Next to her, poised and ready for use, was a bright red umbrella. The little girl's beauty and innocence made the pastor smile as he realised how much faith she possessed. No one else in the congregation had brought an umbrella. All had come to pray for rain, but the little girl had come expecting God to answer. Do you know, as a congregation, if we carried our faith into those doors, every time we gathered together, every Sunday, 
believing that people would get healed, believing for salvation, believing for change. But our faith joined together will see miracles happen. We are in a day of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and it is time that the church rose and began to see wonders, signs and miracles like we've never experienced it before. And I really feel we're in those days and I really feel God is challenging us up your faith. Start turning to me. Don't turn to the world. Don't turn to its answers. Turn to mine again. Go to me first. Come back. Come back to me. Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is wonderfully good to those who wait for him and seek him. Psalm 27.14 says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave. Be courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Waiting is not easy, especially for someone like me who is extremely impatient. And I went through this journey and I've learned so much. And it brings me to the point as I close this morning. Sorry, I've gone a little over time. I've called my message crossing over because I don't believe the miracle happened with them coming out of slavery. Even though it was a miracle of God. And that I don't believe that the miracle was them getting to the other side of the Red Sea. I believe the miracle so took place as they crossed over. In the midst of fear and impossibility, in that lack of faith, they still crossed. Picture this, walls of water. We're not talking a couple of metres. We are talking walls of water on both sides. And it wasn't just a couple of metres they were walking through. They were walking through a quite a substantial way. And they were just men and women walking through the miracle. And at that moment, I believe, crossing over, their faith went from whinging and whining to, Lord, you're with us. Because if God wasn't with them and they were walking through walls of water, how many of you know, just not even going to go there. They walked, they crossed over. And I've realized that My greatest accomplishment in life has never been arriving somewhere or finishing up somewhere. It's always been the journey along the way. And like I said, I wouldn't change one ounce of what I've walked through and and gone through because God has done so much. And I believe my spirit's richer because of that. But I had to let go and let God do a lot of what I didn't want him to do and what I didn't want to let go of because it was who I was and it was what I knew. And I love that God turns to Moses and he asks Moses, what's in your hand? He asks Moses the very thing that Moses knew and was comfortable with. What was Moses' identity? It was a staff. It was nothing. But God used it to part the Red Sea, to create a miracle that we read about today and we reflect on and we think, wow, God, just what potential lies in this room? Just what things do you have that you need to let go of and let God take? Because he can work a miracle. Friend, he can work a miracle. Moses was so ill-qualified to do any of what God asked of him in his own strength. And that's what qualified him to be one of the most incredible leaders we read about in the Bible. Moses was ready to lay his own life aside and say, God, not my will, but yours. I've only got this, but I'll give it to you. Will you use it? God says, yep. 
you know, perhaps you've got an incredible smile. We need you on the front door because a smile is what welcomes people when they walk through this door. Perhaps you feel you don't have anything to give this church. Yes, you do. Every single one of you has been gifted of God. You have gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. What an awesome promise. What tools has God placed in your hand that you might not even think God could use? They might seem seemingly insignificant. I believe God's knocking on the door of your heart this morning and saying, hey, I need you. I need you to let go and let me. You know, as we finish this morning, and I'll call it there, we started a youth group with four kids 10 years ago. And I remember going back after God hounding me and hounding me. And our first youth night, we had four kids and we were so fired up. And we, you know, we're going to see Karoi one for Jesus. It's going to be awesome. I remember leaving after that, that meeting going, good Lord, are you with me? Because what am I doing? This is nuts. This is lucrative. We saw the hand of God move so many times over the years and we had 60, 70 young people gather together to worship God and incredible, incredible times. And, you know, I reflect on that now and I think nothing's lost because every seed sown, God waters in his own time. But we got to get about sowing the seed, sowing the seed. That's our job. Once we're saved, we're saved to be lifesavers. And that's our call. And I want to encourage me as, as, as I back up from what Vicky said last week, that it's time for us now to get active church, to not just be passive churchgoers, but to be active churchgoers, getting about through the week, just, just sharing your story, loving on people and saying, hey, do you want to come to church on Sunday? Why not? What have you got to lose? They can only say no, right? Bless you. Why don't we stand this morning? Let me encourage you. Stand firm on God's character. Stand still and keep the faith and then cross over. Let go and let God. Father, I thank you this morning for your word and I thank you, Lord, that as we stand in this incredible next season of church growth and church life, Lord, that your hand would so be upon every person that's represented here today. Lord, that right now, as every eye is closed, God, that you would speak to those hearts. And Lord, you would just encourage them afresh and again of their call, of their purpose, and of their destiny in you. And I thank you, Lord, that we have been saved to be lifesavers. God, I pray even this week for divine meetings and appointments with people, Lord, where they could share their faith, where they we could encourage others. And, and Father, that we would just begin to know again that you're with us, you're for us, then who could ever be against us? Father, I just pray right now, by your Spirit, Lord, right now, just touch, just touch. I know for the sake of time we've gone over, but I really just want to encourage you. If you want prayer this morning, want to stand with me and just agree. Perhaps you're facing a situation and you can't see a way out. I want to stand with you this morning and, and pray with you and say, I'm with you. And let's just invite God again afresh into the situation. Maybe something from the message you've spoken to you this morning. You want prayer. I want you to just encourage you. As we just finish and close, and please feel free if you need to leave, you may do so. But let's just open up this altar and let's just, just ask God. God did a miracle in me where I thought he'd abandoned me, but he hadn't. And he walks with us side by side. And sometimes life doesn't make sense. 
Friend, I'm here to remind you this morning, God is for you, not against you, has a plan and purpose for your life. And what is in your hand now, it may not even be actively used at the moment, but God is going to bring it to God is going to bring it to. Trust him. Stand firm on his character. Stand strong on the faith that he gives us and cross over. In Jesus' name. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, as every eye is closed, God, that you would just touch hearts. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, that as we just open up for prayer, Lord, that you would just minister. Thank you, Lord. And perhaps this morning, just while every eye is closed, you've never actually asked Christ into your life. Now, I remember being a young 18-year-old girl and getting invited to a church service where I felt as though the pastor was speaking directly to me. And it was all about this, this new life. I mean, I was living life, but I didn't know this new life, this life that could be lived with blessing and favor and prosperity. And, and he was preaching and, and I just felt my hand go up at the end because he said, if you want this life, if you want ask Jesus into your life, then I'm going to invite you to do so. And, and I really feel this morning as we close that just while every eye is closed, if that's you here today, or perhaps you know your heart is hardened and you've allowed every circumstance and situation to come your way and your default isn't of God anymore, it's of everything else, then I want to invite you back. And just right where you are, I want to say a prayer with you. But if that's you, I just want you to acknowledge it before God. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.